Major League Baseball scores from Sunday, July 17th, 2022. The Royals fall to the Blue Jays 4-2. The Braves fall to the Nationals 7-3. The, rank, the Yankees beat up on the Red Sox 13-2. The Tigers and the Guardians, that game was postponed. The Orioles uh, fall to the Rays, excuse me, 7-5. The Phillies blank the Marlins. Good to see that there for the Phillies. Um, the Phillies usually have a tough time with the Marlins for whatever reason. Even when we were, like, at the top of our game back in 08, 07, 08, we still had trouble with the Marlins for whatever reason. But they beat them yesterday 4-zip and they blanked them. The A's outlast the Astros 4-3. The White Sox blanked the Twins 11-zip. The Reds and the Cardinals game also postponed. The Mets and the Cubs, uh, the Cubs take that 3-2. The Mariners beat the Rangers 6-2. The Pirates get up on the Rockies 8-3. The Giants beat the Brewers 9-5. And the Diamondbacks outlast the Padres 3-1. As you know, if you haven't been paying attention, it is Major League Baseball's All-Star break. So they are in they are in their All-Star break. Um, the All-Star game is set to be played on Tuesday. So that's tomorrow. Um, I don't know why it's tomorrow, but it's tomorrow. American League versus National League. That's crazy. And it's a little crazy that they had games like right before. Usually they try to give them a day off in between right. or whatever. But, you know, ever since the pandemic, baseball has been doing some weird things. There were there were actually events over the weekend, but it wasn't really talked about. It wasn't really hyped up like an all-star game usually is. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, the Major League Baseball all-star game is tomorrow night. American League uh, versus the National League in L.A. Okay. In the WNBA, we had four games on the slate yesterday. The Aces beat the Sun 91-83. The Mystics get by the Lynx 70-57. Right. The Dream take the Mercury by 10-85-75. And the Fever fall to the Storm 65-81. to mm -hmm. Next games for WNBA again on Tuesday. Liberty will face off against the Sun, the Dream, and the Aces. And then you'll have the Fever and the Sparks on Tuesday. So, what we have coming up next. We got some news and some updates. And this first one that I'm going to give you, we are definitely going to talk a little bit about this. Um, and I'm just going to give it to you right quick. And then later on, we're going to talk about it because I'm going to talk about this a little bit in depth and some other things that I've seen which is really a little strange to me how this came about. Right. So this story is the Sixers deal with P.J. Tucky is likely now to be under investigation by the NBA. Right. I will give you, like I said, I will give you all the backdrop on this particular story a little bit later on in a few minutes, so just bear with me. Mm -hmm. uh, Russell Westbrook and his agent has have parted ways due to ir irreconcilable differences. Well, it's a lot of ways you can look at that, people. Um, mm -hmm. They cite irreconcilable differences, so that means that their relationship could not be resolved. There was no way that their relationship could be, would be, could be resolved. So you usually hear irreconcilable differences in a marriage situation or a divorce situation where there's no way that the two parties can come to an agreement to get back together or fix things in a the marriage. They definitely have to stay, stay apart, separated. It is severed. So that's what they're going to do. Right. Um, and that's what Russell Westbrook and his agent have done uh right now and like i mentioned you like i said you can go several different ways uh avenues when you think about this 
could it be well, because of his being traded the last couple of years mm-hmm. to teams? Could it be the negotiation of his contract? Could it be him on the last leg and not much talk about him re-extending a contract anywhere because he opted in for his last con- for the last year of his contract. So could it be some friction going on there where he felt like the agent wasn't doing what he was doing, what he should have been doing for him? Could he just felt like he should have been getting more, which I don't really think so, you know. It's a, it's a hard thing for a, a lot of these professional athletes to get to that point and truly realize where they are and specific stages of their careers right. um i oh when i talk about this the careers and the stages of people's careers i always go back to the kobe documentary or the kobe piece where he won an emmy for right. where he finally realized that he was done and he came to grips with it and he explained it all out in his thing you can look that up google it whatever on right. demand dv whatever you can find it right. but he won an emmy for it and basically what it was was one of the best one of the greatest players in the NBA at the particular time was on his decline, and he felt it. And one of the things that he emphasized in that piece, which was so important, and this is why I say a lot of these guys don't get it when they should, he understood that he was still a professional player. In my head, my cerebral content, um, not content, my cerebral makeup in my head of the game where I know I can, in my head, I can vision it. I can hear it being said. My brain is sending those waves, but it gets to the point where the body says, yo, that ain't what you going to do right now. I know you see it. You can hear it. You can feel it, but you just can't do it right now. And he stepped away when he needed to step away. He realized, so it would be a lot better for some of these other athletes if they get to that point and fully come to grips with themselves not being able to perform at that top level from when they were younger. Hey, where is he at real quick? Who? In the back end, Westbrook. You think he's in the back end? Yeah, he's on the back end of his career, definitely. Okay. Um, the Spurs um, extend Keldon Johnson yeah. with a four-year, $80 million yeah, expens- extension. Major League Baseball settles a case for their minor leaguers. So as you know, there's been an ongoing thing with the conditions of pay and the treatment of minor league baseball players. Right. So Major League Baseball finally has settled a suit for $185 million. Now, how they're going to distribute that, what they're going to do with that is still yet to be seen, mm-hmm. but they are making a step in the right direction. Also, the Houston Texans settled claims related to the Watson allegations. So, they settled claims. So, basically, in my opinion, this basically tells me that they are wanting to clear their name of the situation um, Deshaun Watson is now on another team. They want to pretty much sever ties with mm-hmm. it. So they settled the claims. Um, a lot of times people immediately will think or envision that when you settle a claim or you settle something that you got some type of guilt there. It could be. Um, as you know, I reported maybe last week or, or a couple weeks ago that the defense um, for the prosecution, I'm sorry, for those ladies were trying to bring the Texans in on that lawsuit. And I had a hard time figuring out how they could bring the football team in. Um, The only thing I could come up with was because he was an employee. But a lot of those massages were private massages. So he was basically on his own time. It wasn't a team um, activity, a team sanctioned event, if you will. 
it was him on his own. So I don't understand how they did that. But they settled some claims to, I guess, to clear their names or wipe their slate clean and try to start over. Uh, Dolphins cornerback Jason McCourty announced his retirement from the NFL. Young guy, too. Um, I'm not sure it was a young guy, but, you know, um, he he probably is in that mode what we just talked about. He's probably realizing that he can't compete to the high level that he wants to be able to compete at consistently. So he's going to step away. And, you know, the thing with the football, with the CTE, Mm -hmm. and they're still doing – I mean, CTE has been out for years now. They're still doing research on it. And it's just a shame that I feel like that they cannot determine if a player had CTE until that person passes away, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. But they're working on that. They're trying to get some tests where they can um, come up with the decision – to decipher or diagnose CTE before then to maybe get get a jump on it, if they will. The NBA has voted to pay $24.5 million to former players and many of them who have fell on hard times. That is one story that I have added into the meat of the show, and I'm going to definitely make some comments and talk about that um, a little bit down the line. There was a report out per Adam Schefter that Odell Beckham has reportedly signed with a with the Green Bay Packers on a two year twenty million dollar contract. That was, that was reported. Um, it was per allegedly per Adam Schefter. So again, I shared it as yeah. I always do. I yeah. shared the information. I'm still doing some research on that. Um, once I I seen it. I shared it, and then I haven't heard anything more about it. So I'm going to do some more digging. And whatever I find out, you know, I will definitely share it with my people. Charles Barkley has donated $6 million to HBCUs. So shout-outs to Chuck for that. Um, those HBCUs definitely, as far as their athletics and their programs in general, need that funding uh, because we know a lot of them are, athletic-wise, D Division One schools. But they don't get the... TV contracts. They don't get the perks that the major schools get. So for Charles Barkley to donate $6 million, um is a great feat, and I hope that uh, some other people will get on board and find a way to help. Um, you know, Chris Paul is heavily, heavily supportive of the HBCUs as they're now incorporated into NBA All-Star Weekend, and they have programs that they're affiliated with the NBA that help these schools, which is a great thing, I think. And hopefully... It will draw some more athletes to some HBCU schools um, to further their education. The NBA has made changes to the clear path foul. We'll definitely talk about that. Mm -hmm. LeBron James over the weekend had an epic day at the Drew League where he hasn't played in years. I think it was like 2008 or something like that that he said. But he had an epic day there. Ryan Garcia, after his uh, knockout on Saturday, calls out Gervonta Davis. Uh Uh, Ryan Garcia, you might want to watch your words there, buddy. <laughs> um, you know, I, but I, I, I understand it. You know, um, in the fight game, you, you have to, you have to promote yourself. You have to place yourself in position to get a look at those top fights because you know you never know when you'll get that title shot. And then once you, if you do get one, if and when you do get one. If you don't win, you never know when you'll get another one. So, like they say in the street, you got to shoot your shot when you can. But, again, for me, my personal opinion, uh, I'm going to keep a close eye on this, but Ryan Garcia, you know, you you might want to rethink that a little bit. It's 53 days until football season begins. Looking forward to that. 
in the summer league in Vegas. The Portland Trailblazers win that over the New York Knicks. And former NFL tight end Orson Charles was arrested for allegedly pulling a gun on two off-duty police officers in Florida. So there you have it, folks. That is your news and your updates for July 18th, 2022, right here on the Sports Rap Podcast on Heat 100 Radio. So if you can't tune in, folks, you can't tune in to us um, on Facebook. We're not a social media buff. You can get on your mobile phone. You can download the TuneIn app. You can actually get us on heat100radio.com on the internet. If you get to the group, if you can't watch, like you're at work and you can't really just sneak in my audio on, go to the group. In the description of the group, there's the RDO link where you can tune in, you can plug your ear pods in, and you can hear us. You may not be able to see us, but you can hear everything that's going on on today's show. You can definitely get the audio for that. So, I saw one thing. Um, again, and this is partly surrounding the Brittany Griner situation. There were some comments made uh, by LeBron James, and he said that um, now, how can she feel like an American because a American has not gotten her back? Right. Yada yada yada. Long story short, um, this issue with Brittany Griner is not as clear cut as people may think. Uh, I I spoke about it last week on the show, and I talked about how I felt from the very beginning that it would end up being um, Brittany Griner being used as a pawn in the whole situation, and I believe that is coming true fruition right now. As we know, when I mentioned last week that there's trying to, and this is Russia, is trying to make a trade off of some sorts where they want some prisoners released from the United States that are Russian uh, in exchange for Brittany Griner. But when you look at the situation and, and you think about the crimes of that were committed or that were allegedly committed, um, it's weird because Brittany Griner, I know it was against their laws there, whatever, yeah. She uh, packed some marijuana, marijuana vape pens, yeah. whatever, it's illegal over there, yada, 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 good, fine and well. Okay, but the particular people that Russia once released are arms dealers, terrorists, and we know the situation. It's a war going on over there. So if you think about it from that standpoint, in a war, who better? Who do we want? We want y'all. We want our we want our arms people back because we might need some help. You know, we want. Some support for our war, but you got our people, you got our people locked up there. So if you let them go, we'll let Britney go. Why in the hell would the U.S. do that when it could backfire on them for letting a terrorist go? Like a terrorist, terrorism is such a severe crime here. We all know that. Mm -hmm. So why would they let these people go for Britney Griner, who only was caught with marijuana, marijuana? It makes no sense, but that's what they're going for. That's what they're shooting for. And in that that fight is very well, in my opinion, not going to work too well for them uh, because they are definitely, definitely not going to 
get into that. Uh, I missed some people here, so I'm backtracking. My guy, Stan, Groovy Laws, thank you. Blessings to you, as always, Stan, good brother. Good seeing you on Saturday as well. Omar Phillips, what's up to you? Lawrence Gaston, what is up to you? Thank you guys for tuning in. You know, Omar Phillips is always here with us. Stan Groovy Laws always checks in every Monday. So appreciate everybody that checks in on Mondays. And like I said, you, you chime in, I'll look it, I'll catch it. I will let you know. I will acknowledge you guys on air as I always do. Yep. So it, it, it's just crazy how they are trying to force the hand of the United States in, in a way, in a sort of way where they, I think somehow, some way that case is going to come. It's not going to be dismissed. They want something from us. They do want something right now, but it is, it's good. It's tough to say right now because because her wife is like crying. Like, but it, it's crying. tough to say, well, you got to think about it. You're dealing with, a dictatorship as opposed to a somewhat democracy Putin, man. in in the United States Putin. where, you know, they, they allege yeah. equal rights for all people. And we all know different in line, and that's not the case. But mm-hmm. nevertheless, if you just look at the overall grand scheme, the United States and Russia is two different entities politically. Yes, and and again, like we said, they're in a war. Yeah. A war that they started on their own, but they're in a war. So it it's gonna to be tough and, and it's gonna take some time. A couple more years. Um, I don't know how long, but it, it is definitely gonna take some time because their focus is not really on Brittany Griner right now. The their focus is on the war and taking over the Ukraine, causing whatever kind of yeah. harm they can and taking yeah. over the Ukraine. That's their main standpoint. So it's like she's almost. If way. you will, an afterthought yeah. of them being there, and Why they're gonna that, they're gonna lay the claim because she broke the law, yeah, yeah. whether it was intentional or not, yeah. she broke the law. So there's a difference when you're dealing with a dictatorship yeah. where you break the law, you're gonna do some jail time. Period. Yeah. In the United States, you know, you could go to court, first timer, you can get probation, get house arrest, things of that nature, yeah. but it's not, not the same. Yeah, it's it's not the same there. Fact. It's there. It's like you commit Seriously. a crime. You go to jail. Just like Mexico. You commit a crime, you go to jail. So those other countries have their own laws. And like you said, it's a country. It's not just a city, a state within the United States like we have. It's a country, just like the entire United States is a country. And that really doesn't matter who you are. Like I said, whether it was intentional or or unintentional, over there she broke the law. That's the way they look at it. You broke the law, you, you get punishment for breaking the law. So, it is definitely going to be a little bit before that situation gets resolved. Um, I am hoping for the best. I, I hope that something can get done. Um, and I hope that she can come back home. Um, you know, I, 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 it, it's a shame that it ended up being Brittany Griner. Um, it's a shame that it was someone foreign to that country. Um, because knowing what I have what I know about these other countries, because she's not a Russian-Soviet citizen, she's going to be looked... Like, that crime is going to be judged even harder. Kind of like here, when you have... This for 
some clarity. You have a, co a, a narcotic case here. Um, speaking of cocaine particularly, forever, for whatever reason, when you cook it and make it hard, you turn it into something else, it becomes crack. You get more time for that than you do for the regular cocaine version. So wow. it's very similar in that right, right, but it's just a situation where she's not a citizen over there. Yeah. She's from the United States. You know how we have, you know the relationship mm -hmm. that has been with the Russia between the United States. So it's like, oh, mm -hmm. we got one and we got a big one. Like they say, when you go to the casino, we got the big fish, we got the shark. They got a big fish. Yeah. And they're going to use it to their advantage. And like I said, she's going to be a pawn. And I feel it. It's coming into fruition right now. And it's a crying shame. Um, but, you know, what can you do? It's just hope for the best and continue to fight and figure out however you can do it to get her home um, as soon as possible. So, with that being said, I want to talk a little bit about some of the rule changes uh, in the NBA. First, if you had not been paying attention, there was a fine handed down to the Dallas Mavericks during the playoffs where Theo Pinson is being the focal point of this issue. But there's they haven't the NBA is becoming beginning to have an issue, they feel, with players who are not playing, who are in street clothes on the bench with the team. They want them to have to be seated uh, because we all see it. They're usually on the bench mixed in with the players or at the end of the bench. But every time something happens, they're up and dancing and jumping with the regular team, which in my opinion, for the players that are in uniform, is natural. It's just a team thing. It's a sport thing. It's brotherhood, sisterhood, whatever. It's natural for the people that are in uniform. Right. For the players that are not in uniform, the NBA is beginning to feel some type of way about right. that. So the first team to suffer from this were the Dallas Mavericks, and they were heavily fined for this. Um, the organization amassed $175,000 in fines for failing to comply with the league's uh, rules on bench decorum. Now, with that being said, the competition committee is now submitting a proposal to the Board of Governors that would issue stiffer penalties for teams who fail to keep their benches in order. Okay. One, order, one point of emphasis in this is making sure that bench players do not stand up for long periods of time and block the views of courtside fans. Mm. So, I understand what they're saying, what they're trying to go at with that, uh, because it does make your um, vision obstructed right. as a fan if you paid that money to sit that close to the um, to the event. And, you know, we know basketball players. Basketball players are typically tall. So if you're sitting in your seat and you've got somebody like Theo Pinson, who I believe is approximately 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, there's some height. And then he's standing up, he's jumping around, and he's cheering, he's got his arms up, which makes him about seven, eight feet tall. <laughs> it's hard for you to see, definitely. I totally get that. But I think what may happen is the NBA may come up with something along the lines of having designated seating areas for those players that are not in uniform possibly moving them a row behind the coaches who sit behind the bench right because you know there's like one or two maybe three coaches that sit on the bench 
the other assistant coaches, the trainers, and everybody else are like the row behind. So it may come an instance where they extend that row and put them there, right. or maybe even put them a row behind those coaches, and then they're still going to have that instance where if you don't sit down in a timely manner, you're still your team is still going to get fined. Right. Um, it may even come to the point where a team may get fined and then try to hand some of their own fines or sanctions on that particular player for having them uh, have to pay that fine. So, you know, we'll see um, how that rule plays out. But I think it it is something that's worth looking at because, like I said, it it disrupts you. It, It obstructs your view as a fan. And sometimes it slows the game down where coaches have to tell players to get back there. I've seen instances where referees had to tell players, look, you get out the way. We still got a game going on. Right. You know, I understand you on the sideline, you're not playing, you want to cheer and support your teammate, but we still got a game going on. You jumping up and down all on the court is not what we're supposed to be doing here. And you uh, you have to look at the NBA's side of it, and they use that word decorum. If you don't know what that means, it means that there's just a professional organization. But again, like I tell you all the time, it's also a business, people. And you have to conduct yourself accordingly. Mm -hmm. So if you look at it and you kind of break it down, Mm -hmm. the NBA, we know, is a sport, but it is a business. And they teams have organizations have employees who are the players. And for a lot of ways you can look at it, the basketball court is their boardroom. If you think about it, in a way, the basketball court is their boardroom. So that word decorum means, listen, you got to adhere to the laws and you got to be professional about this because this is where we are. Like I said, it is a sport. For the fans, it is entertainment. But you got to think about the other side. It's also for the major conglomerates, like I love to say, it's still a business. And they have to conduct it like a business. And when you start to have things like this happen, you kind of get that look from outside. And you get people starting to say, hmm, what's going on with that business? You know, like if you had a business and, you know, you you had a bakery and and you never have enough donuts. Mm -hmm. At some point, people are going to be like, I love his donuts, but... No you got to get there at a certain time. If you get there at this time, right. you're you just going for nothing. Right. And it just starts that trail and it starts to create that black eye. The NBA has too much tied to them to have that kind of a blemish um, on that. Like mm-hmm. the TV contracts, the concessions, and all this other stuff. These billions of billions of dollars that are involved, they need you to be professional and they need you to have that decorum where... It looks good. We can't just say this is what it's going to be and this is how we're doing. We don't care, whatever. It's got to look good, and they want it to look good. Mm-hmm. Hence, they're attempting to tone that down, institute some fines, and put some things in mm-hmm. contracts or on the table in collective bargaining agreements where these are going to be now legit rules. Right. If you break this rule, you're going to be fined. However way, team, uh, individual player, whatever. So we'll see. Uh, if they get it in, how they get it in, and what they do. Mm-hmm. But 
I do believe that at some point, if they can't get their way, meaning if they can't get it the way they want it from the very beginning, there may come a point when those players are going to be in designated areas when they sit on the bent on the sidelines for games. I can feel it coming, and it's just something that we're going to be looking look ever look into. And like I said, when it comes through. If it comes through, I'll be one of the first people to tell you about it and let you know um, how that all plays out. So the next rule that the NBA is going to change is the breakaway foul. We all know what the breakaway foul is. When we get a rebound, players dribbling away, he's on a break, and you just reach out, grab him, stop him from going in. Um, You're not making a play for the ball. So, as of July the 12th, the NBA Board of Governors has a heightened penalty when a defensive player commits a transition take foul, which is what they call a fat, which is what the technical term for what we like to say the breakaway foul, which is an, which is an intentional foul committed by the defender to deprive the offensive team of a fast break opportunity. That's what we call it the breakaway. So they break it down. And here it is. So in takeaway files, transition takeaway files, a technical term, and we'll stay there for, for right now. Right. So in the beginning of the 2022-23 season, the NBA, the season, the penalty for committing a take, uh, take foul, a foul in which the defender does not make a play on the ball to stop a transition scoring opportunity, which exists when following a change in possession, the offensive team is continuously advancing the ball while it has an advantage based on the speed of the play, the position of defenders, or both, will be as follows. Now, here are the changes. The offensive team will be awarded one free throw, which may be attempted by any player on the offensive team in the game at the time the foul is committed. The offensive team will retain possession of the ball. The defensive player who commits the foul will be assessed a common personal foul. So they also said that previously when you took that foul, um, it was just a common foul on the def- on the offending player um, and a side out. Yeah. Under the new rule, teams may commit this foul during the last two minutes of the fourth quarter, the last two minutes of any overtime period, without triggering the heightened penalty. So, so basically what they're saying is, during the regular course of the game, if you do it, the offensive team is going to get the ball and get a free throw. So it's basically like a technical foul. They get yeah. the free throw and they get the ball. Yeah. In the last two minutes of the fourth quarter and the last two minutes of any overtime period, you're allowed to do it without the heightened penalty. So basically what that means is just that the team that the foul was committed against will just retain the ball. And I get that Fair. for like it. I like that. for uh, two fair. minutes in the fourth quarter and in overtime. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Where Close. you can't even say that yeah. the referees called that foul. It shouldn't have been called. They gave them an advantage. They got a free throw and they got the ball back. So they're kind of trying to kind of like even it out as yeah. far as in the last two minutes the and then in the last two minutes in the, rec- in the fourth quarter and then the last two minutes in overtime. So I can get behind that. But you look at this rule. And you look at the changes, um, I think it can work 
I think it will help the game. Especially playoffs. And I think players are going to think about it. Where now they know that the other team will get a free throw. And instead of possibly having a two- or three-point play, if they break away and get the layup, or if they break away and they get fouled, they get the three-point play, it could possibly be a three- or a four-point play. Whereas, if they break that break, they take that breakaway, and they try to make that breakaway foul, and the shot goes up and it goes in, and they do happen to get that foul. Now you got a four-point play plus the ball. If they get there and you they make the layup or a two-point shot and you get the foul, so they get the two-point basket, they get the free throw, and they retain the ball. So you're giving, like, it's going to make people think, like, before it was just they could just side out, we just, we just suck it up, we just get back on D. Now it's like we're giving away points. So I think players are going to start to think about that when they get put in that position. So here are some additional clarifications to this new rule change. A take foul committed immediately after a change of possession, but before the offensive team has the opportunity to advance the ball, will be subject to a heightened penalty. This will prevent the defensive team from immediately taking a foul to keep an offensive team from generating a transition scoring opportunity in the first place. A foul committed against any offensive player, including a player who does not have the ball, will satisfy the definition of a transition take foul if the other elements of transition take foul are rules, take foul rule are satisfied. This will prevent the defensive team from circumventing the new rule by taking a foul on a player who does not have the ball. Kind of like the foul of Ben or the hack of Ben rule. Yeah, definitely like that. Because you could stop the transition taking that foul, but now you're going to get penalized for that. Where you normally wouldn't get penalized for that, but now you're going to get penalized for it. So I I like that. Um, The transition take foul rule does not apply if the offensive player is fouled in the act of shooting. In that case, there will be a shooting foul called, and it will get either the two shots, or if the basket is made, they'll get the two shot and make the free throw for the conventional three. Listen, um, any foul committed by a defender attempting to make a legitimate play on the ball will remain a common foul, regardless of whether the foul occurs during a fast break play and will not be subject to a heightened penalty under the new rule. However, the offending player may be assessed a clear path to the basket foul if the criteria for a clear path foul are met. Um, see, also they've added that the play-in tournament will be permanent from now on moving forward in the NBA. So that rule, like I said, it's going to have some people thinking. It's going to have some players thinking. It's going to have some coaches thinking. They're going to have to rethink some game plans, some strategies for late in games, right. certain situations. And then the last part, like I mentioned, that play-in tournament, which I, I happen to like the play-in tournament. I don't know how many people um, okay. don't like it. I, I, I like it because I feel like you give teams, you know, the first six teams are in. So you got seven, eight, nine, and ten who have a little play-in tournament little to hole. fight and get in. I, I think that you basically you add the two teams in and you give them a fighting chance where – the situation, we know how them situations play out in a whole number of different ways. But one example I can think of right now, and I think this is a good one, where you might have 
that seven, eight, or that eight, nine, and ten team, where eight and nine are actually tied as far as overall record, but number eight has the tiebreaker over number nine, and then number nine and ten are tied, and number nine has tiebreakers. And then it's like you're normally it'll be like nine and ten are just SOL. You fought, you had a good season, you were right there with team number eight, and you just don't don't get in. So now they're giving them that opportunity to play to get in. So it's not like they're just giving them in, extending it to ten teams in each conference, so to speak. Seven, eight, nine, and ten, y'all got to play to get these last two spots. And I think it's fair because it's two teams. I mean, four teams to play for two spots, which I think is is pretty good. So I like it. Um, I'm glad that they're keeping it in. I'm glad that it's going to stay around, like I said, because the disparity um, a lot more times than not in the West where teams have records, where you look at their records and you say, wow, they should be in. They should at least have a chance. So now they're basically uh, going to get that chance. They're going to get that opportunity to play in that. Um, Finally, before we take our first break, one of the things I mentioned to you in – the beginning and the opening about the NBA um, announcing the recognition of payments to former ABA players. And this is what it says. The National Basketball Association and the the NBA PA Players Association announced a new jointly found program to provide recognition payments for pioneer players from from the ABA. And there are approximately 114 ABA players who played at least three seasons and did not qualify for a benefit from the NBA Players Pension Plan, they will now receive payments under this new program. Um, One of the quotes from Director Tamika Tremaglio, and she says, and I quote, Our players have a genuine sense of appreciation for those who paved the way and helped us achieve the success we enjoy today. We we have always considered the ABA players, players a part of our brotherhood, and we are proud to finally recognize them with this benefit. Uh, Adam Silver said, and I quote, both our current players and team governors felt the need to act on behalf of these former ABA players who are aging and in many cases facing difficult economic circumstances. He also went on to say these pioneers made meaningful contributions to help grow the game of professional basketball, and we all believe it's appropriate to provide financial recognition to this group for their impact, end quote. So under this program, these ABA players will approximately will approximate an annual payment of $3,828 per year of service. So that's about, you can round it up to about $4,000 for each year of their service. So when it says, for example, a five-year, a player with five years of service um, will receive an additional from whatever he was receiving or whatever mm-hmm. will receive $19,140 annually okay. from the NBA, NBA, NBPA program. So again, I think that's a good thing. Um, actually, I think it's a great thing. Uh, the NBA giving back to the pioneers of their league players that helped them get to where they are today. Like was stated in the article also looking out for their, uh, past mates who paved the way un, un, unequably for a lot of 
players today or a lot of things that are happening in the NBA today. Um, there were a lot of great players in that ABA that transitioned into the NBA that revolutionized or changed the game in their own right in the ABA and also brought that into the NBA and did the same thing. So especially with the way salaries are right now, the way contracts are coming out in the NBA right now, I kind of like think it's only right that they do look out for them because without them, there could arguably have not been an NBA. Um, without them, the NBA could not have had the progress that they have today. So it's a good thing looking out, looking back for that. Um, right now, we're going to take our first break. Right. It's 40 minutes past the 11 a.m. hour, 20 minutes to 12, 20 minutes to the noontime hour. So I hope people are getting ready for their lunch. <laughs> come on back and eat your lunch with us. When we come back, Absolutely. we are going to talk some Sixers. Right. Um, I, po- I posted a story last week or during the week about some comments that were made by former Nets GM and current ESPN analyst Sean Marks in regards to the Sixers and some of their free agent activity. And I've also got another story uh, on James Harden, which was tied into that a little bit, but I'll give you some info. I'll give you all that um, on the other side of the break. But finally, before we do take this break, um, the House Committee, and this is in regards to the NFL, and once again, it's Dan Snyder in the news. So, like I said, and I've talked to you several times about this particular person in this particular organization, the Washington Commanders. It's a dysfunctional, toxic organization from top to bottom. We know that. We've talked about it several times. So now the House Committee has accepted Washington Commanders owner Dan Snyder's offer to testify, but only under subpoena. So, folks, if you think back to everything I said to you, about this particular person, this particular organization. And I always mention when the feds get in and feds start looking and poking and prodding, they don't stop until they get what they want, until they find what they want. So obviously, when I saw this, I said, obviously, there's some pressure there where now he will will testify, but only under subpoena, which is only right. And I get that only under subpoena. But I feel like there's some pressure there and there's still some picking and prodding going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that Dan Snyder feels if I testify, I can get out what I want to get out right. because it'll be under subpoena. Right. And maybe it'll curve them a little bit from what they're looking for. And no, you've been around long enough to know Dan Snyder that that's not going to happen. Like I always say, and I'll continue to say it, when the feds get in looking for stuff, they're going to keep looking until they find what they want. Right. And then they'll close it out when they get when they find what they want. So just keep that in mind, folks. Another story that we'll be definitely watching moving forward into the football season as it gets closer to football season. Any updates, as always, I will definitely bring to you like I do. You have been tuned in to Sports Wrap right here on Heat 100 Radio. First half of the show was in the books. When we come back, we're going to talk about that Sixer story. We're going to talk some James Harden. And... If we have some time, we may have a couple, a couple other things sprinkled in. It's your boy D. I'll see you on the other side in just a couple seconds. Enjoy the biz going off while you listen.
Sports Rap Podcast, of course, right here on Heat 100 Radio. Once again, we are live. Facebook, Sports Rap Podcast is the group page, so get on over there. Come on back, whoever was tuned in earlier. Mike, thanks for tuning in, as always. Mike Anderson the second. I know you like the post, but I know you always tuned in. And when you do, you always give good insight, and we share that as well. So thanks for tuning in. Also, Stan, Groovy Laws, uh, Omar Phillips, and whoever else tuned in, if I missed you, I'm sorry. Um, just come on back with us. So the next uh, story I want to get to, and this is some more Sixers talk, some more uh, along the lines of free agency, some issues, not so much issues, but something that I felt like someone was trying to make an issue, and he actually did make a stink about it. And then there were later reports about it. So backtracking giving you the background of the story about a week ago um when the reports were out came out that james harden would take a 15 million dollar pay cut he opted as we know he opted out of his last year of his contract um and decided he will structure a new deal with the sixers um that is allegedly supposedly it's going to be a two-year deal they didn't get the particulars but the one particular that was put out was that he took a 15 million dollar pay cut with that, the Sixers immediately in free agency signed P.J. Tucker and Daniel House. Ironically, those two guys those two guys are former Houston Rockets players. They have some type of relationship or working relationship with Daryl Morey. Okay, so to size this all up for you before we get into it, we all know the situation. Daryl Morey left the Sixers. James Harden was still there. P.J. Tucker was gone. Daniel House was still there. Yada, yada, yada. Okay. James Harden ends up getting traded to the Brooklyn Nets. Things didn't work out there. Uh, He was there maybe a year and a half, maybe a year and a half about. Uh, Things didn't work out the way that he felt they were presented to him to work out, the way it looked like they were going to work out. So he decided that he didn't want to be there. He wanted to move on. He wanted to get away from the situation. Which led me to believe, after everything that I saw and the way I've been following, that he saw something or he felt something and he wanted to get away from the situation before it started. And in a small way, with everything that's going on now with the Brooklyn Nets, you can argue, I could argue that he proved me correct. Where now we see Kyrie opted in. There were some issues where he wanted a max extension. The Nets weren't comfortable or willing to give him that. Then all of a sudden, he opts in, and you think KD is in. Then all of a sudden, now KD comes out and requests a trade, and in a small way stating that he did not feel comfortable with the front office. Okay, now, I could very well go back to that and and say, uh, dude, listen, 
you're not comfortable with that, but you signed an extension there. So at some point, there was some trust with you and that organization, um, if you will, that there was some trust there. I mean, you can't tell me that it wasn't. I'm not going to believe that it wasn't because you signed a four-year extension. Mm -hmm. And now you want to request a trade to be traded. Because the bottom line is, Mm -hmm. although they lifted the uh, mandates in New York as far as the vaccination and how people can work, you got Kyrie who was uncertain at first, then he opted in. Um, And then there's other stuff going on with Kyrie Irving where he misses time for other reasons outside of the coronavirus and the mandates and vaccinations and all of that. And also in my, in my looking at and dissecting that situation, you got Kevin Durant who don't get me wrong. When healthy, one of the best players in the NBA. One of the very best. I'm going to say top three. I'm going to go worst. Play devil's advocate just to go top three. Easy. But for the most part, the last couple of years of his career, he's been injured. And they haven't been, you could argue and say that they've nagged, there have been nagging injuries, but that's what they are now. But in my opinion, they've been significant injuries where he's missed significant time. So it looks like, or it appeared to me like James Harden saw that writing on the wall right. and he wanted out before he got to this point. Because if you technically look at it, the way the situation is where KD is now requesting a trade, Kyrie is also looking now to be traded. The Nets are arguably going into a rebuild, which is crazy how fast this happened because going into last season, the Nets were the odds-on favorite to win the East, go to the finals, and win the championship. You said he wasn't going to do it. You, right they, there they did not make – they ended up in the play-in tournament, yeah. and, lost the first and then they ended up getting swept in the first, in the round. first round. round. Swept yeah. in the first round. You saw that coming, right? So, in my opinion, the way things are looking there, they – are looking at a rebuild which is part of the reason why when you look at all the mock trades that i post and all the mock trades that i share with you and all the other ones that you see that i don't post why they are asking for ridiculous amounts of assets in these trades they have asked teams for up to seven first round picks i saw one mock trade a couple weeks ago where it was a three-team deal, KD. allegedly, uh, and the Nets would somehow, some way, receive six players and ten first-round draft picks. Not just draft picks, ten first-round draft picks. I don't know some people say they might come back. what's going to happen with the Nets because they are in a way right now where your alleged star is requested a trade you lost Andre Drummond, who could have helped you. Yeah. Kyrie Irving is on the fence, you know what possibly trading. I'm not putting any kind of trust, and I don't think they're putting or have any kind of trust in Ben, ben Simmons, Simmons from what he showed, yeah. which was nothing. So there's no trust there. Right. So they, like I said, could very easily 
be looking at a rebuild. And like I said, I think they kind of feel it on the back burner because they've been asking for a ridiculous amount of assets that they know deep down inside wholeheartedly they're not going to get. They're not going to get five draft picks, first round draft picks, six draft, first round, seven. They're not going to get that right now. You're not. So they're doing it to do their due diligence as well. And they know that they're not going to get it. So in another way, you could look at it as like, yeah, we're going to stick it to KD and Kyrie. Because in the bottom line, in the whole grand scheme of this entire situation, both of those players are under contract. Kevin Durant signed that four-year extension. Mm -hmm. Kyrie Irving opted in. The Brooklyn Nets do not have to trade either one of you. That's true. They can make you suffer. Like the Sixers made Ben Simmons suffer. Yeah. And this is these are some of the things that we talked about when the Sixers went through this issue with Ben Simmons. And they did end up trading finally, yes. But look at how it has affected another team. And ironically, the same player that somewhat you could argue and debate caused all this BS is on that team. I'm just saying. Right. Work with me. If you don't believe me, you, you know where I'm at. You know where to find me. <laughs> YouTube, Sports Rap TV. Yeah. Go back, check the videos. Mm-hmm. If you can't check the videos, iHeartRadio, Apple, Google Podcasts, right. Spotify. You can go check the audio. All my all my episodes are titled. You can go find it, and I can Dave give you. This is stuff that I've been talking about the entire time for a season. Yeah along with months, however you want to put it, but I've been consistently telling you this for a long time. All right? So we don't know the true state of the Nets, but I have that gut feeling that, again, they feel deep down inside on the back burner that they're going to be looking at a rebuild. Um, The uncertainty of KD and Kyrie Irving. You said Kyrie won't come back. And... And then he talked about he was at Summer League and talked about he wanted to go to the Lakers. So, well, that's, like I said, that's going to be an ongoing story. That. That's going to be the free agent soap opera all the way up until training camp like or until something happens or doesn't happen. Like all right. So, getting back to my focal point, my main point. Right. Sean Marks, again, former GM for the Brooklyn Nets, right. currently ESPN analyst, put out a statement. And he said that the Sixers should be investigated for the P.J. Tucker signing. And he is leaning towards the lines of tampering. Yeah, I heard Sean Marks, with that particular statement to me, came off like a pompous you-know-what. You were a GM, okay? Because James Harden took a $15 million pay cut, on one side... It's really none of your business. On the second side, there could be a little bit of hate, a little bit of personal stuff in there because James Harden came to Philly from the Nets. When he got here, he said he wanted to come to Philly first. But we know that situation. Houston was not doing anything with Daryl Morey because he left them to take the job with the Sixers. We all know that back lay. We all know that background of that story. It's done and over with. It's in past. So now we're here. What I don't understand in Sean Marks making this comment is 
the simple fact that, dude, you were a GM. So you know how this works. James Harden opted out of the last year, the final year of his current or most current contract, making him an unrestricted free agent. Mm-hmm. Where technically, by the grounds, the rules, and the guidelines, right. he could have talked to any other team, any team in the NBA, and could have went anywhere else if he wanted to. What's up, buddy? What he did, though, was he decided that he wanted to stay here with Philadelphia. Right. He felt like he could win here. He said his focus is on winning. He wanted to win here. So he took a pay cut so the Sixers could get some people in to make them a better team. Right. I don't see anything wrong with that because, again, he opted out of the contract so now he gets a new contract so he can sign for whatever contract he accepts after becoming an unrestricted free agent and opting out. The big thing is the $15 million pay cut, which a max contract player opted out of to take less money to help his current team get better. Right. Like I posted and I said, the hate is real. It seems like the hate is real because there's not too many players in the league that are going to do something like that. Take this pay cut to make my team better. It's not too many players like that. I respect that a lot more than what KD did going to uh, Golden State to win a championship. Respect it a little bit more than what LeBron did initially going to Miami to win a championship. Yeah. I respect it a whole lot more because he's like, yo, I want to win, and I think we got something here. We just need a couple more pieces here and there. So this is what I'm willing to do. I'm the new guy coming in. I'll take the pay cut, and we can bring in some people, and we can get this thing cracking and get it rolling again. So one of the things he initially said, and this is James Harden, I quote, he said, I told Daryl Morey, Daryl, to improve the roster, sign who we needed to sign, and give me whatever is left over. Right. This is how bad I want to win. Mm-hmm. I want to compete for a championship. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters to me at this stage. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to take less to put us in position to accomplish that, end quote. Right. Nothing wrong with that in my eyes. I seriously applaud him once again for doing that because like I said there's no or not many other players who would say I'm going to take a pay cut you sign some people make us better and let's go get this thing done and try and win a championship it's not too many players max players who are going to leave 30 plus million on the table in order to make the team better most of those players will say look I'm opting in. I want my 47. And whatever y'all got to do, make some other trades, pay that luxury tax, do whatever. But I want my 47. Yeah. He left 30 million, 30 plus million on the table to get help this team get better. Okay. Um, and in reality, his pay cut gave the Sixers, who didn't have much wiggle room, gave them flexibility to use their full mid-level exception and their biannual exception, opening the door to add P.J. Tucker and Daniel House, respectively. Using those exceptions triggered that 
million hard cap. Uh, Philadelphia wouldn't have been able to stay under if the third if, if he had opted in to that forty seven million. So, where I think Sean Marks' issue is, and these are just my opinions and my thoughts, people. No one else told me this. I didn't read this anywhere. I'm giving it to you straight from the horse's mouth from me. Right. Sports Rap D, July 28th, 2022, yes, 12, 13 p.m. Yes, sir. I feel like he kind of feels sorry for the Brooklyn Nets because of their current situation. And the fact that they lost James Harden and the fact that a team in their division, in their conference, has gotten arguably significantly better in a few months after ending the playoffs. It's my opinion. It's where I'm thought. That's my thought process. Okay. Finally, James Harden said, I don't really listen to what people are saying. I mean, this was in a, this, sorry, this is from an interview with Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports. Mm-hmm. He said, I quote, I don't really listen to what people are saying. I wasn't right last season, and I'm, I still almost averaged a triple-double. If anybody else had those numbers, we'd be talking about them getting the max. Mm-hmm. I agree with that there. People are used to seeing me average 40, 30 points, and so they viewed it as a down year. I was in Philadelphia for a couple of months, and I had to learn on the fly. That's just what it is. I'm in a good space physically and mentally right now, and I'm just looking forward to next season. End quote. So, from what I've seen, he has, from what I've seen, it looks like he's been putting in the work. Um, I've seen video of him in the gym working out with Tyrese Maxey. And again, people will had been doing the Ben Simmons issues talking to Ben Simmons videos. The difference here is Mm -hmm. you see the work being put in as far as honing your actual basketball skills, drills and activities to get you in better shape, and participating in skill workouts with teammates and coaches that will be with you in the upcoming season. Every time you saw Ben Simmons, it was always in a pickup game with other pros. (laughs) And what I said about that and how I feel about those pickup games are those players that are pros that are playing in those pickup games are basically giving themselves a head start on getting in game shape before training camp because that means nothing. They're just playing pickup ball and they're going to dominate because nine times out of ten, it's more college or less experienced players playing with them than it is NBA players. Everybody do that. All right. So again, I've seen some video where James Harden is actually doing the work with some of his own people. I've seen him in the gym with Tyrese Maxey and a different trainer working, like I said, working on skills of the game, working on conditioning and getting in better shape. So again, in all of this, I can sit here and tell you this like I just did. But again, bottom line is all still to be seen. It's still all still to be seen. But I think he will be better. With a full training camp under Doc Rivers in Doc Rivers system, going into a full season with the Sixers coming in from the gate, um, a lot of players have. When this situation started, when people started talking about him and how he kind of slacked off in the playoffs, there were several players who have played for Doc Rivers in the league that mentioned that it's difficult to play for Doc Rivers as far as his system. 
and it's very hard picking it up in a half a season. Like he just said, I read to you, he quoted, he said he had to learn on the fly. So you can't even really say that he knows the entire scheme because it was a like a mad rush. We got James Harden. We got to get him up as quick as we can, and then we're going to try and make this playoff push. So that comment from Sean Marks, I think, was asinine. Um, I think it was a little bit of hate there. I think it was a little bit of jealousy there. And like I said, I feel like it was him being remorseful to his former team and seeing that a player that he had went to another team in the division, in the conference, and they got significantly better in a shorter time. But when you look back at the entire situation, when James Harden was there before the trade and the second half when he first got there, when Kyrie couldn't play, when KD was hurt, he kind of carried that team. Right. You can go back and look at stats, but then you go back. If you look at the stats, those are just the numbers. Go back and look at the physical play of a lot of those games. In my opinion, James Harden carried that team when he was there, when those two guys were hurt. And then the situation got to the point where, like I said, I felt like he saw the writing on the wall and he felt like he needed to get out before it got to this point. It's kind of like he envisioned what is going on now, what's coming to happen, Coming was going to come to fruition, and he got away from it before it got to that point. It's just what I think. It's just my opinion. So, again, they haven't completely, they haven't finalized the actual deal yet. He has not signed the actual deal yet. But it is going to be a two-year deal that we know of, and we do know that he took the $15 million pay cut. So, it's good for me. I'm I'm okay with it. I think I'm not sure. But I'm good with that. And I'm just waiting to see if everything that I've been seeing in the offseason is for good and when and if it will translate over. Like I said, I think he's going to be better. And again, I'm not expecting the Houston Rockets 30-point, 40-point average score from James Harden. He doesn't need to do That's that here. Game. But he needed to do. He doesn't need to do that here. Yeah. So I'm expecting a lot better yeah. season. From James Harden. And like I said, I'm not saying he's going to come and blow the roof off the building, but I'm going to expect a better season. And again, I, I think it will be a better season. Full training yeah, camp, full, full training camp training with pieces that you know are going to be here. And then in assist in helping him, along with him working out with Tyrese Maxey and Sam Cassell, yeah. being able to work out with Joel Embiid and Sam Cassell in training camps and in situations. Also, He's got two more guys coming in that he's comfortable and familiar with on the basketball court that can provide some things that the Sixers did not have last season. So we'll see when basketball season starts um, how this, all this stuff plays out. But again, I, I had to bring that to your attention, the Sean Marks comment. Like I said, it was just very, very asinine in my opinion because you were a GM. And like I said, you talk about the the, the investigation, like, it was no investig. It shouldn't be any investigation. But then, after the fact, the NBA said that there might be some tampering there, and that's only because those guys played for Houston. Daryl Morey was a GM for Houston. James Harden used to play for Houston, and now he's here. And now, somehow, some way, they're all here. But again, those two guys were free agents. Actually, all three of them became free agents. So. They get showing like showing marks. You were a GM. You know this. Right. They were free agents, mm-hmm. so they get new contracts. Right. 
it is not rocket science. Right. You know, again, we'll see how it plays out. Like I said, I like the fact that he did it. I respect that a lot more than him saying, "No, I want to go to a team that's another that's a little bit little little bit closer of a contender and then staying here. He wants to stay here. He said he wanted to come here initially. So, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He took the pay cut. He's working. Let's wait. Training camp will start soon. We'll get him in here and get things going and see what happens next season. Definitely um, looking forward to seeing that. So that wraps up pretty much most of what the show was today, what I had in store today. But I looked through my notes and I found some things. So I want to have a little bit of fun with you guys um, for a few minutes. I saw... Some stuff, um, saw this article approximately, maybe about a month ago. Um, and it's always continued where you're going to have people say, oh, top five players of all time, top whatever of all time. I like that. I think that's a tough, tough topic to grasp and and really get a good read on because of different errors and people are going to have differences of opinions. Um, People are going to have differences of opinions because of the errors that they know. But in my opinion, when I think of all time, I have to consider everything that I saw. Not just the era that I'm in now. Not just like I say the era that I grew up on, which was my favorite, the 80s 80s and 90s. I have to go, I can go back farther than the 80s and 90s. So I have to incorporate everything that I have seen in order for me to give a alleged greatest of all time. I got my list. <laughs> um, so for me, after a while, I now tend to bypass and stay away from these types of <laughs> topics, these types of comments, or these types of Not lists, because every time you do it, you're changing no, every time you do one, people are going to have something to say about your list. But, but the bottom list. line is, you asked me my list. list. The way I look at it, you have to respect my list. list. If I tell you mine, you ask me, D, what is your Top all-time five. greatest point guards? And I give you Magic. some guards that you didn't really know about. You can't come at me. You can't come at me for that yeah. because I got to give you everything that I know. Mm-hmm. Same so, vice versa. Here was the list that I saw and folks you can leave me comments um, if you don't want to say anything or just leave me some comments or whatever so I'm going to go with every position even though they say today they're beginning to say today now position is basketball but I'm a traditional guy I'm a basketball guy so I'm going to go positions and this is how this list was compiled I don't remember where I got it from but I thought the I thought the list were actually pretty good I do have some comments and some shakeups that I could possibly do with some of these lists. Absolutely. Um, and I agree with a good portion of it. But again, this is a kind of current list. So it's not my list. I just wanted to bring it to you mm-hmm. because I saw some names on here that people normally don't mention in these types of conversations. Right. So we'll go with point guards. And every every list that I give you, I'm going to just go one through five. I'm not going to say number one, number two. I'm just going to go. It's going to say one through five, and I get to each category. So point guard, Magic Johnson, Steph Curry, Mm -hmm. Oscar Robinson, Mm -hmm. Isaiah Thomas, Mm -hmm. John Stockton. Mm 
list is okay. Um, the list is okay. Again, I'm not gonna go into my list because my list would change. But what I will say is, when I look at this list, I do see someone that I could replace with somebody. I got two from. From what I know, right. as far as my ring, my reign, um, as far as basketball wisdom and knowledge and what I've seen, yeah, yeah. there is a name or two I could change. Mm-hmm. Uh, point guards, that was that was the point guards. Shooting, Shooting guards, Jordan. Michael Jordan, Kobe, Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade, yeah, yeah. Allen Iverson, James Harden. I could flip. I could flip this order a little bit. First three back. It's back. I could flip this order a little bit in my own right. Um, First three is the best. Although I love what he does, there is a name I could take off of this list. And I'm going to leave it vanilla. I'm not going to tell you who. I'm not even going I'm not going to open that door. No. I'm not doing it. I said I don't get into these lists. I'm sharing it. Like I said, I'm going to have some fun with y'all. But I'm not going to tell you who I would take off. I'm not going to tell you who I would take off because, like I said, I got to go my spectrum. And everybody's spectrum is not my spectrum. I like that. Okay? So, like I said, in this point guard, there's some people I could jostle around. Mm-hmm. And there's some people or person that I could take off of this list and replace with somebody else. Okay. Small forward. Nice. LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Larry Bird. Got it. Kevin Durant. Julius Irving. Kawhi Leonard. Again. Wait a minute. There are some names I could replace. Oh, I'm taking that off. There are some names I could Scotty. jostle around. Okay. But see, Frank, you sit here doing. Oh my God. You sit here doing the exact same thing that I said. And this is why I said I'm not no, going to no. tell you right. who I would take off, right. who Facts. I would move. Facts. I'm not going to do that because you sit here doing the exact oh, same wow. thing. Wow. Like I said, I, I forget where I got this list from. I'm gonna do my list but tonight, th- this is a list that I, I saw. Like and I felt like it right. would bring right. some good dialogue and right. have some people chime in. And it may not be right now. They may see this later on oh, and right. chime in on these lists. Right. At the power forward, Tim Duncan, Carl right. Malone, Ooh. Dirk Nowitzki, I like them. Kevin Garnett, Charles Barkley. I like Kevin Garnett and Charles Barkley. One guy again, take I'll take off. One again, guy. I say... One or two I might be able to jostle around. One or two I might be able to take off and replace. Chuck, I'm just Chuck on you. Okay. Finally, the centers. Kareem. Yeah. Shaq. Yeah. Wilt. Yeah. Bill Russell. And Hakeem Olajuwon. And that is the list. That's a nice center. Now, I may even take this and I may even repost this list later on for anybody that does not catch the show, the live show, may not be able to catch the video. I think what I'll do is sometime later on today or maybe tomorrow if I don't get to it today, I'm going to post this list and have people comment and see where people are. Um, And don't feel like you have to appease me, if you will. Like I said, when I post it, I'm going to post it the way I want to post it, the way I want people to respond. And... If and when I post it, I want you to give me your list. From whatever spectrum you have, your list. I will not take 
and dog you out for a particular player that you have on the list, I'll take everything to heart. I'll take everything to note. And accept the fact that this is your list, whoever, Absolutely. when I posted ads a list. But <laughs> I am going to stay away from criticizing, criticizing your list yeah. because it's your list. It's your list. Right. Now, I may go on a limb and say, huh, good list. But I might change some people on that list, mm-hmm. but that would be the extent of like I'm doing right now. If it's a list you got, I'm not going to tell you who a particular player is that I might take off or who I might move, I'll say, that's your list. We can agree to disagree, but I feel like I could move A, B, or C, or I could eliminate and replace A, B, or C. I may or may not. So it depends on how I feel when I post it, whether I do that or not. um, You got to wait till I post it. Okay. Got to wait till I post it. All right. right. I'm going to do my list. So that being said, folks, the last thing... Some more fun. Right. <laughs> we gonna talk like about that. That and we gonna talk about some sneakers. Um, and I know where this came from. I got remember I wrote down where this list came from. Converse. This list came from Complex, and it was Complex's 100 best Nikes of all time. Oh, all right. <laughs> First and foremost, these were the top ten, and I only went to. Like about 48 of these because I saw some in that first 48. Ironically, first 48. I saw some in that first 48 that I um I saw some sneakers in this first 48 that I had pegged as some of my favorites that I liked a whole lot. Robert Reeves, good morning, good afternoon, good brother. Thanks for tuning in. Rob, I hope you caught that. Stay tuned, Rob. I'm going to post the list. You can go back and listen to everything I said in that All last right. segment. All right. And, you know, if you feel comfortable with giving me a list, you can. If not, you know, so be it. Right. So, again, this is from Complex's best, 100 best Nikes of all time. All right. So, again, there is a flux of people that work at Complex. I don't know who was actually in the room when they did this list. But this is the list. And this is not just basketball Excuse me, basketball shoes. This is Complex's 100 best Nikes of all time. I'm going to give you the top 10 first. And then I'll give you a couple. um, What I saw on the others on the list. And tell you which ones were my favorites in those others. Number one. Air Max 80. Air Max 187. (laughs) The second. The Air Force 1. 82 version. Number three, the Air Jordan 3s eighty from 1988. Mm-hmm. The Air Max 95, of course, that was the year 95. The Air Trainer 1, 87, which I think were the Bo Jacksons, that we like to call them. Mm-hmm. Number six, the Air Jordan 11, from mm-hmm. the year 1995. The Air Hirachi 92. Air Jordan 5, from 1990. The Nike Dunk, 86. The Air Jordan 4, from 1989 in the remaining of the list I went on and I went from 11 to 48 like I said I didn't feel like writing all 100 down and I couldn't copy it and print it out so it was just a mess but got where I was at Uh, in the rest of the list number 21 and the rest of the list I'm just going to give you the ones that I felt were my favorites Um, you can agree with me if you want to chime in and comment some of your favorites you can as well 
For me, uh, it was listed as number 21, the Air Max 2 Charles Barkley from 94. Mm-hmm. Number 22 from 1986, the Nike Terminator, which were the Georgetown Select Sneakers. The number 43, oh, I'm sorry, the other ones, what I said the file, the air trainer was not that. Here it is, the air trainer SC, number 43, which we call the Bo Jacksons, not the air trainer one. So I made a mistake there and I'm correcting myself now. So at number 43, the air trainer SC in 1990, the ones that we all lovingly call the Bo Jacksons. Number 48, the air flight Hirachi, 92. Made famous by Michigan and the Fab Five. five, five. Number 56, the Air Penny from 1995. And 76 was this one, my last favorite on the list. The Jordan 9 from 1994. So, there you have it, folks. Again, I'm probably not going to post the sneakers, but like I said... It's probably sometime between today and tomorrow. I will post these lists, the list of the five, the positions, um, like I said, the greatest of all time in each position. I'll get to that either today or tomorrow. Sometime I'll post it. And again, you know, you follow me so you'll know when it's posted. And we'll talk about that maybe a little bit more. Folks, again, thank you all for tuning in to another installment of the Sports Rap Podcast. We are here each and every Monday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., as you know. Right. This week, holiday is over. I hope everybody had a fourth of, great 4th of July, yada, yada, all that good stuff. We are back Drake this Tavern. Thursday, the Drake Tavern. Yes, come on out, hang out with us. Man, listen, you can come out, mm-hmm. have some good food, yeah. have a couple Drake. beers, talk some sports with us, you know, and just sit and meet and greet. Yeah. You know, like I always say, you see us on the screens and whatever, you listen to us all Monday, every Monday, I'm sorry, you see me all week on social media. Yeah. This is your chance to get out and catch up to us live and in person. Yeah talk to us and get up close you know like i say sports and drinks is what we do there also coming up i told you last week to save the date september the 4th 2022 lb's lounge heat 100 radio and i said i was going to announce it i didn't announce it last i just told you to save the date so now i'm giving it to you Heat 100 Radio, Sports Rap Podcast, Sports Rap D, Simply Monica. Present Chicken and Fish Fry. Again, the date. Save the date. September the 4th, 2022. This is actually the Sunday before Labor Day. Okay? LB's Lounge, 5th and Table Road. If you're familiar with the area, newly minted right across the street from the library right next door to the check cashing or the financial center on the corner of 5th and Tabor Road. You will definitely see more information. We will definitely have tickets. And once I get the tickets in my hand, you know what I do. I always do post the tickets up. And when we get the flyers done, you will definitely see the flyers. And you'll get all the information on how you can get your tickets and all of that jazz. You know where to find me. Each and every Monday right here, Heat 100 Radio. Also, Instagram and Twitter, at SportsRap underscore D, more so on Instagram than Twitter. Right. Um, yes, thank I just got a text from Mo, and I started it. I'm waiting to get in touch with Baldy to drop me off some tickets sometime today or the next couple of days. But again, 
Just got the word from the boss lady who's always tuned in. Remember, and I'll tell you again when I close out. Um, you can get me on YouTube. Sports Rap TV is the page. Uh, get us the channel. I'm sorry. Get over there. Subscribe to the channel. Like the videos that you like. Check out my stuff. Um, you can also make sure you click that bell so you'll be notified when new video or new content goes up. Also, iHeart, Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can get the audio of everything that we do here at Heat 100 Radio. Everything that I do on Sports Rap. Uh, the webpage, sportsratradio.com. And Facebook, Sports Rap Podcast, is the group page. Again, this Thursday, six approximately 6, 6.30 p.m., we'll be live broadcasting from the Drake Tavern. The people have filled in. We got to get some more people out. Like we said, it's weather time. They have the outdoor area. Come on in. They'll treat you good. Tell them you're coming to see the podcast. They'll treat you good. Like I said, come get some good food. Have a drink or two and talk some sports with us. Also, other things are coming now. Make sure... That you stay in tune with Heat 100 Radio. As I mentioned and as I've been posting, the Dell, the essence of music at the Dell is currently flowing. Mm -hmm. This Thursday, Neo will bless the stage. And you see, I will post some more stuff about that later on during the week, Mm -hmm. today, tomorrow, and up until the day of the show. I won't be at the Neo show. I'll be at the Drake Tavern. So I hope anybody can get their tickets. Listen, stay. you got to stay focused and you got to stay in. I've been posting it, sharing Mm -hmm. what the boss lady has shared as well. They have specials. If you can't win your, if you don't win your tickets here, you can get to the box office and get you some tickets. You can get there on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. They have specials, but you got to follow Heat 100 and the shows on Heat 100 to know what days and what specials are being given out for tickets. Also, tune in. Just just tune in. Heat 100 Radio, the station that keeps it 100. We got the best tickets to the best shows. Yeah. We not only do the Dell, we do Punchline, we do comedy shows, yeah. we do concerts. So you, you got to tune in. You got to stay with us. Yeah, and lastly, again, September the 4th, 2022, Sunday before Labor Day, Fisher Chicken Fry, yeah. LB's Lounge, directly across the street from the library on 5th Street, 5th and Tabor Road to be exact. Yeah. We'll be there. It'll be early. Come on out. You know, if you have never been to a Heat 100 radio event, you do not know what you're missing. Right. It's always, like the young people used to say, it's always a turn up. It'll be a movie, <laughs> like they say. Whatever you want to call it, if you miss any of us, go back, check us out. But you need to be in the building and get with us on that. With that being said, folks, enjoy the rest of your Monday kicking off this work week. Right. Be great on purpose. Get outside and enjoy some of the sunshine. Remember, Thursday, Drake Tavern, 6 p.m. I will be there broadcasting, and then I will be right back here next Monday on air, in studio, Heat 100 Radio. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. See you on the other side. Peace. What time, baby? Okay, uh, yeah, September 4th.